We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. And A Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. John Senecal, my partner, Brian Shackman here with you. Uh, the rundown for today's show, we're going to talk about this Kevin Brown stuff with the Baltimore Orioles quickly. We'll also talk about this brawl between the Indians and the White Sox. And then, of course, we have the Red Sox and the Yankees. I mean, there's not a ton new we can say, but I have a couple of things I'd like to say about the Red Sox that haven't been said uh, about the last week of time. John, how are you? I am not bad. I'm not bad. It's uh, it's a busy week at my house. There's a lot of flying solos and running all over the place. Yeah, it seems like it's crazy yeah. right now. And there's, I want to do something here, but I have to do something here, so I can't do the thing I want to because yeah. I have to do the have to. I'm on vacation next week, though, heading to the islands. So that, well, that nice. would be fun. Good for you. It sucks having to take a warm weather vacation and a warm time of year but my my wife's schedule is just so whack she can't take time off you going to like aruba where are you going st martin st. nice yeah. look at you yeah. dueling come out we've been there too much <laughs> listen i want to talk about this orioles thing and by now most baseball fans have have heard what the orioles announcer said and we don't know for sure if this is why he was indefinitely suspended. There could be something else going on that yeah, we don't know well, about. The Orioles won't comment on right. personal Right, so issues. everyone's assuming it's because of this, because no one else can figure out why he would be suspended. And, you know, Michael Kay had some really interesting things to say. A lot of people in the in the broadcast universe, uh, Howie Rosen had some really interesting things to say. What we're going to do is we're going to play it for you really quickly. What people think caused the play-by-play guy on TV for the Orioles to be indefinitely suspended, and then we're going to talk about it uh, because I have some definite things that I want to say. So supposedly this this is what got him suspended. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th. 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. Okay, so, I mean, obviously we both agree 
that obviously you are a TV guy. Yeah. You don't put have a graphic up that has that information unless they plan to do that yeah, segment so a, a anyway. Lot of, a lot of layers here, right? So all the information is coming out of the press releases that the teams put out. It's all public information, right? right. And and this is nothing different than what's been said a million times in the past by all sorts of color commentators and analysis analysts across the board about teams in general, records, past records, performances against things. Um, other layers, like you said, someone built the graphic. There's a producer on the show. There's people making the graphics. All of this stuff is approved. Right. So um, me as a former television, current television per- person who's kind of been on both ends of it, out in the field and behind the scenes, um, something stinks, definitely stinks. I think it goes a lot deeper than this. Someone's- Do you think maybe this they, they didn't like this guy anyway and they yeah. were looking for a reason or something is, like I that? I think this is a targeted discipline by all means because, look it. He hasn't said a From word. From someone who's been targeted. No, I was just going to say, like, yeah. you know, this has happened to me, yeah. in my opinion, and I think other people's opinions, too, about me, but that's for a later date. But <laughs> let's get back to what we're, the Kevin Brown situation here. Um, my opinion, yes, targeted discipline, because what he said wasn't, there was nothing bad about it, and he has been in the weeds about it. He has not said a word. He's let everyone else speak for him. Now, usually if you have something to hide you kind of usually go on the defense a little bit, you know. That you kind of you you, you want to be out there. He's letting everyone else do the talking for him. Well, he also doesn't want to lose his job. You know, it's funny you say because it, it has to be there has to be something else going on because I understand the sensitivity. The team's been bad forever. Now they're good. Maybe they want to look forward more than they well, want to look do back. It now, like you, everyone's talking about you in such a positive light. You it, know it, why 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 start. Right. So it seems cloud. it seems irrationally thin-skinned, which makes you and me think that there must be more to it. And if it's not, then I would think there's other people in line to be suspended. But, you know, you might not hear about them because they're not the colorful people that are right. on camera. But still, like, so many layers of this that it went through. The layer that, I, that gets me is all, almost all the teams own their media broadcasting things. And, and, and the inability to be honest about what's going on. People say, you know, journalism's long gone in that side of sports. Let's just be honest. It's not journalism. But but you need to be able to speak about what's really happening. If the team stinks, if a player screwed up, if you think their energy or effort isn't there, you should be able to speak to it without worrying about your job. And right. I think for me in the media, when I've been laid off and fired and also promoted and so on and so forth, that... It bothers me that our culture now, this is the norm. It's not the exception. The norm is that if you work for, for the TV, you probably work for the team, and you can't piss off somebody who runs the team or owns the team, so you have to swallow your tongue. And to be honest, it's the guys like Eckersley or whoever who go out and just say what they want. They're the ones who are the most popular anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, what are you trying to do? Well, I mean, like in Eckersley, they're speaking to the public. They're speaking and telling you what you need to hear and what you want to hear. I mean – but do you have to be a Hall of Famer to get the kind of protection to be able to be that honest? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I still think there's an axe to grind with this guy for some reason. I mean, he's a young guy. But it does bring up young, larger issues is my point. Like, the model is not great anyway when someone has so much power mm-hmm. and something as little as this creates this kind of problem. And it's like he's not stating anything that's not fact. If you Like, the other day in the Yankees broadcast, Susan Waldman was doing a pregame with, with – uh, Sterling, and she was talking about who threw out the first pitch, and she said, run DMC throughout the first pitch. Well, we all know run DMC is not a person, and they're not even a whole group anymore because some, one of them's died. So how could they be out there, one person, run DMC, throwing the first pitch? So you could you could break that down and be like, she's sending out unfactual information. She's being insensitive to a group that had lost a member of its group. I mean, come on. 
Yeah. Like, I, how far does it go? I mean, if this guy is stating fact and he's not beating the horse to death, he's basically just, in a way, he's almost praising the team. But right. He, but my point is, is that he should even be able to beat a horse or whatever. And I, I just find that the, the, the softness of it all is super just soft. So disappointing for me. And Bad that, look for the Orioles, and it's you know a, a universal support for this guy. And if they're if they're looking to get rid of him, he he's just going to land totally. On his sure, feet. of course, if somebody will hire him, and it's really not the point. And ultimately, it's been such a good story for that team. It's just kind of bummer if this is the biggest takeaway is this this young kid, and he's a baby. I mean, he looks like he's like still in college. Yeah, when I first heard it, they said Kevin Brown. I'm like, Kevin Brown is doing color yeah. commentary for the Orioles? I'm like, that's weird. Did he yeah. ever pitch for the Orioles? It's a different Kevin <laughs> it's a Brown. It's a totally different Kevin Brown. Probably the the real Kevin Brown, the player, probably wouldn't have lasted as long, to be honest with you. He no, because he's nasty. He would have been, he would have been out <laughs> his first first month. He's nasty. Uh, he's John Senecal. He used to be nasty. Now John's really nice. I don't know what the deal is with that. He's got happy. I'm like, not even 50 yet. Imagine what I'll be like when I'm 50. You'll be, I'll like, be like a buttercup. I know. Seriously, you're like <laughs> reverse. I'm getting grumpier with age, and you're getting sunnier. If you knew John, he's like the uh, Benjamin Button of humor. <laughs> when he was 23, he was such a rager in terms of intensity. Now he's just happy. Uh, listen, John Seneca, Brian Chackman, episode 123. Uh, obviously, the, the Chicago White Sox have been discussed a lot because some some – Comments have been made from people who traded away, negative Speaking on the team. Speaking of teams that are a disaster. And then there's been some pushback, and then uh, what's-his-name got punched in the face and still got suspended more than anybody. <laughs> well, I think it's because he dropped his glove and squared up. I think that was, I mean, obviously, they looked at him as the total aggressor in the situation. I looked at the slow-mo, and he got the first two shots in, too. He got one in the ribs. And who's That's the guy who landed the big blow to it? Jose it's, Ramirez. So it's Jose Ramirez and Tim, what's it? Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. So Ramirez, I had this argument with Matt Soroy, the producer of the morning show and producer of this show as well, that the Ramirez's shot was kind of like a prayer shot. He Total wasn't looking. Shot. It's almost open fisted a little bit, but he caught him and he caught him good. And I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of funny that that's the biggest talker of a week in baseball. Is is I mean, there was an actual square off brawl. I mean, that was, was like a hockey you've fight. Seen that? You, I have not seen an actual square off brawl since. Uh, Odor and Bautista, and that was like not even a square up. That was just so fast. He just totally cold caught. Yeah, this was like, it was like one of those things you see on YouTube. The, my favorite part about it, other than the the radio call from the Cleveland uh, announcer, down goes Anderson, <laughs> down goes Anderson. That was great. But the umpire who's standing there and he's about, he's gonna break it up and he's just like, ah, I'm, <laughs> Maybe right. I'm good, I'm good with this. But then again, so you see, when you slow it down, you see a lot of baseball fight in there, right? I mean, it's it, it, as an armchair quarterback, it's easy to talk about fights when there's a bunch of grown men and you're not involved, right? right of course. So you see the pitcher Michael Kopech, who has a clear opportunity to stop the whole thing before it starts, and you kind of just floating back there, yeah. and then all of a sudden. Once Anderson swings at him, he kind of grabs Ramirez, and he's kind of grabbing him as Ramirez lands that right hook that he doesn't see. So, again, a little bit of baseball fight in there, but I think everyone was kind of caught off guard. that. And then, of course, Tito Francona with a great you know, oh. a great interview afterwards. Boys will be boys. And you can't help but chuckle. <laughs> see, but that's, that's this thing about, about Tito, and, and is, is he basically said in the end, boys will be boys. And that's not like the, the most politically correct or – managerial thing to say right but it's how, like he's a grandfather of the game now and that's how he felt and like that kind of honesty is what pops yeah and that brings me back to the kevin brown stuff with the orioles it's like tito says what he wants because he can't right and he's he's that firm but he actually had the most memorable thing to say about it because 
He was being honest. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, we we don't have a ton of time today. It's interesting point though. You think you know you think to yourself, does that is this what baseball kind of needs a little bit more? I mean, I mean, hockey does it all the time, right? And it works. And it's and it's you fine. want you want fights. Well, I mean, I I want. Why isn't there more of an opportunity to police themselves? It's like Major League Baseball has become such a lame sport when it comes to that. Like, yeah. So I mean, the, Jose Ramirez is talking about a hard tag. You look back even 10 years ago in Major League Baseball, especially 20 years ago, I mean, you're basically trying to take someone's head off going into second base. And he's talking about a hard tag that Tim Anderson has been doing hard tags a lot. The point is they're all soft. Well, it's not only that. It's all the money too, right? Too much money invested. It's easier to get rid of a guy when they're making 100 grand a year and replace him as opposed to some guy sliding into second that's on an eight-year, 10-year contract and you're worried about him tagging the eye and the game he can't see. The game is the game. It is. And it's kind of sad because it's almost had to police itself to keep him to keep the players on the field, right? But when you sit there and you're listening to a guy complain, well, he's been doing hard tags for a while. Can I don't we, think it's just that. But, I mean, come on. It, it just seems a little strange. But I think maybe Major League Baseball needs a little bit more of that. Now it's like a guy throws up and in and both teams get warned. Yeah. And no right. one's even done anything. And it could have just gotten away from him. I mean, it seems a little soft across the board. I, I mean, but I don't know how you put that genie back in the bottle. I, you know, I mean, it's it, there's no doubt. The thing I hate is, and we could do a whole episode on this, is the unwritten rule thing. Stuff that just sort of happened 50 years ago is now all of a sudden like you can't do it, right? Like, and and I think that like it's the pitching inside thing or whatever. It's like it's baseball. I know you're making 20 million a year. It's your livelihood. And if I was in that, I'd be mad too. You can get mad, right? But that's but, how you work a game. But you can't take away a person's right to do that, right. and and so. I think it brings up some larger issues uh, of things that are some kind of blind spots with the game. Listen, let's talk about the uh, two teams really Speaking quickly. Of larger issues, right? I'm, I'm, he- uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to the Royal Series, and then I have tickets for the Dodgers that my wife said you should sell them. And if my wife gives up on the season, I feel like it's kind of notable. Well, if the teams have given up, why not give up? Well, yourself, that's the right? thing. That's the thing about the Blue Jays series with the Red Sox that really bothered me is that. If they won two or three or swept, I mean, listen, this you could say the season was lost when they lost two or three in Oakland and then two or three in Seattle because if they had walked away and even split that, it would have been a different ball game. But they were still in the mix to, to come home and get swept by the Blue Jays. Where if, if they had swept the Blue Jays, they would have been like basically in the wild card right. or right there, and it just swept them pretty much out of the season. Right when they're going to get Trevor Story back, Whitlock, Hauk, and the bottom line is is that you know, and even maybe Chris Sale. And so if they had. And they quit. And the thing is, this Verdugo thing, I can't really figure out. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I feel like, and I haven't read anything, and I haven't seen enough leaks, but I feel like maybe when he heard his name and trade stuff, he's he like, well, up. they don't want me. Right, so I don't then care. I'm going to play out the string, and then I'm going to move on. And then, but the, and then, listen, I'm going to just, I'm just a big throw up on the microphone. This base running stuff, the fielding stuff, I'm sorry. Cora is like Boone. Like, he can make all the nice little sound bites after the game, right. but they both are to be blamed. It's got to be better, right? You're coaching the team. Yeah, it's What, awful. you can't get these stupid guys to come to practice, you know, the, the, the field 20 minutes early to take a little extra infield or, or go over some stupid leads and situational base running but like here, here's give the thing, me though. a what, break what if they what if they are doing it i mean we 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 don't see How everything that that's be- going on i feel honestly i feel bad for a, play, a, a manager like aaron boone because he has to sit there and sugarcoat this crap every night he has to sit there and talk to the media about why a guy who's making 30 million dollars a year can't score from second base with two outs and a single to right field that i could have scored of running backwards well if he had scored he probably would end up on the injured exactly list. So. And I've said it a million times about Stan. He, if you got rid of that guy, how is he going to hurt you? 
how is Giancarlo Stanton going to hurt you as a team? Other than the fact that he's sucking the money out of you because you're paying him too much because the contract's a bust and you got him for four more years. But come on. If you're Aaron Boone and you got to sit there every night, there's no re- no wonder why the guy lost his mind on an umpire for the eighth time this he season. He needs somebody we can yell at and people will like it. Right, I mean, if he yells at the umpire, everyone's fine with it. If he, if he's again, if he's honest about his player, he loses the locker room. It's awful because so, that's. I mean, I feel like that's what you need. I mean, where's the accountability? I mean, yeah, the guy. But my point like, is that there's not enough accountability on the managers right now, in my there's opinion. There's not. And the coaching. The is it coaching. too hard to manage when you got a bunch of people that are billionaires? Basically, I mean, I guess that's what it is. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, but I you know, like Devers is a dumpster fire at third base. And everyone talks about how he hits a three-run home run, but he makes errors left and right. right. So I mean, it's what what do you but value? But you can do that. You can bat two twelve, but if you hit a three-run homer, even if you're down by four, you're still great. I just don't. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Meanwhile, you got all these teams that are just walking by you with versatile players that know how to get it done, that are younger, that are faster, that post every day. I don't get it. I couldn't have said it any better. And so the fundamentals, like you could make sort of a younger generation versus older generation commentary, but the bottom line is that there are teams with young players who are doing it very well and that they're making the plays they're supposed to make. And if you're out of it, if you're out of it and you think you're out of it, well, maybe this is the time to try it. Take the last month and a half of the season and get it together. Because listen, if you're the New York Yankees, you got 50 games left in the season, right? Everybody basically has 50 games left in the season. You're going to need 90 wins, right? To be in a wild card. Yep. 90 wins. You got to go like what 30 32 and 18. The Yankees aren't going to do that. That is not going to happen. You don't think so. Get your head out of the sand. There is zero chance the Yankees so are going to make the playoffs. You view it like I view the US women's soccer team that that the first couple games of the tournament that's what they were and they weren't going to get better or figure it out and they eventually got bounced. Your point is the Red Sox and the Yankees this is what they are okay. and things aren't going to change. I mean that that's if you look at the Yankees that's that's basically the best they played over a 50-game stretch is what they got to do. And they're not going to do it. How are you going to do that, what you got? You got Garrett Cole, who's literally your only shining light. I'm not even going to consider Judge. Let's just leave Judge out of the equation, right? Put him on his own island. Yankees Judge have 32 island. quality starts this season. Garrett Cole's got 17 of them. Wow. I mean, you don't need to be a math genius to realize your team sucks when only one guy is clearing the weight. <laughs> awful. It's awful. And if you break down the numbers like Kevin Brown did and got suspended for it, the numbers don't lie. The Yankees are not going to make the playoffs. They will not make the playoffs. Unless they go on some miracle run and judge hits 30 home runs from here out, it ain't going to happen. I think we're going to leave it there. I think I love – by the way, we talked about Happy John later in life, except when it relates but to I the Yankees. But I watch him every night. I get back there and I watch him every night and I say to myself, why am I watching this crap? Why am I watching this crap? One run over eight innings. Oh, wait, let's give up five in the ninth. Garbage. You've been listening to episode 123 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.